welcome to a bonus episode. This week, I catch up with my big sis, my homegirl, just this very, very special person in my life, Danielle Bill, almost Dr. Danielle Bill, on the Royal Interview. Stay tuned. Love, Sex, and Applied Behavior Analysis podcast is supported by Twice Consulting Services. TCS was founded by identical twins, one of which is a board-certified behavior analyst and the other who is a doctor of public health. TCS offers continuing education and practitioner training through the overlapping lens of behavior analysis and public health. The founders of TCS provide DEI training for individuals and for organizations. And some of the topics that they cover include gender expression and identity, biases, privilege, microaggressions, allyship, ableism, sexual harassment, and much more. Twice Consulting Services also offers remote fitness training and behavior accountability packages. Um, The service includes individualized fitness training programs prescribed by a nationally accredited certified personal trainer, coupled with physical activity and or nutrition program adherence supported by a board certified behavior analyst. Some of the specialties and specific scopes of practice and competencies include working with LGBTQIA plus community, as well as those of marginalized identities. Please check out the Twice Consulting Services website at www.twiceconsultingservices.com where you will find twice the excellence and twice the knowledge. Yay! Okay, so this week's hashtag will press lover for news. And as a reminder, because I haven't really done a pop culture segment lately, I've just been so busy. I feel like I've been living under a rock. I feel like the only thing that matters this week, though, is this now infamous interview with Oprah and Meghan Markle, where she just discussed all the things. And so I could not think of a better person to be on this show to talk about this, seeing as though... This person is the whole reason why I watched it in the first place. So Danielle, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. We were just like cracking up because yeah, I I was like, OMG, did you watch this? And you were like, no, I don't have any intention. I'm like, you've got to watch this. And and it's funny because I'm not even... like into all the poppy type stuff. And and so, yeah, this is a little bit of a role reversal. But so yeah, Danielle was literally like, Cammy, did you watch the interview? And I was like, no, like I have no desire to watch it. I just really feel like they're just going to be talking about things that we already know, like the royal family being racist. And she's like, but Cammy, like you really need to watch this. And I was like, okay, watched it. And I'm like instantly hitting you up, Danielle, like, oh my God, oh my God. (laughs) did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? Like I tried to tell you. Yes. yes. It's, it's, so I don't even know. Okay. So what I kind of want to do, Danielle, because like I said, Danielle is the one honestly who put me on game. I kind of want you to tell us where you feel like we should start with even really getting into this. Cause it was, you were right. Like it was a lot that was covered. So what was the thing, the first, well, first of all, let's give us like, maybe give a I don't know, like a little two second, like background information on why this interview happened in the first place. Okay. So I went um, to England a few years ago and Mm -hmm. we went on a tour of the Royal Palace where we learned so much about the Royal family. 
And if I were to go a little bit further than that, I remember hearing about Princess Diana, you know, growing up and my mom was interested in her. And then my first year of college, I, I was moving into the dorms actually. And I, there was a message on my machine from my mom and she was sobbing, like, she, like she, I couldn't understand what she was saying. And she was just like, oh my gosh, Princess Diana just died. And she was like hysterical. And I remember me and my college roommate were like giggly, like, you know, teenagers, like, yeah. what is the big deal? Like, you don't even yeah. know this woman. Um, and now as an adult, I recognize how, you know, public figures, you know, how we become invested in everything that they do. And so now I understand it. But back then it was like, what is going on? And then fast forward, I move or I go to England and I learn about the royal family in a different way than I had ever, you know, learned. And um, so became like fascinated. It was yes. really like interesting. We like messed around with the guards who were not like playing with us. I have <laughs> cute pictures of me like harassing them and like <laughs> trying to get them to smile and they weren't having it. They, I, I wonder like what happens if they break like their stance because yeah. I was like dancing and singing and they weren't having any of it. Um, and then, you know, when I found out like Meghan Markle was dating Harry, I was like, oh my gosh, like this could mean that there's a black, you know, yeah. you know, a black woman um, at the palace. And, and then we watched the Royal Red Wedding. It was a big thing. Mrs. Shellcroft came over. One of my homegirls came over and we were just like into it. Yeah. And so, you know, we've just been kind of invested in like seeing how this pans out, but I don't even know where to start with this interview because it's just so much. I think mm -hmm. the biggest thing, like, I mean, I was yelling at the TV. My husband was like yelling at me, like, <laughs> cut it out, Danielle. Like, you don't know these people. And I'm like, but this is nonsense. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, it was so much. But I think the biggest thing that like, like I, I felt sad mm -hmm. about was baby Archie. Yeah. And there was this discussion about um, him not having access to a title or yes. access to the throne. Yeah. And their explanation, according to Meghan Markle, was, you know, it's just the way it has to be with no real explanation. And that kind of just summed up like systematic oppression and yes. the social injustice that we're fighting for. I literally was screaming like black lives matter, like even baby <laughs> yes. Archie's, you know, yes. and, and that he's just stripped of this, you know, and even though he would be, I don't know, something like sixth or eighth or something in line, it was still completely it's just the principle, the yeah. principle. And I'm like, this is, and just because he has black blood in him. And I was just, yes. I was so furious. I was crying and I just, I needed to unpack it. And even now yeah. when we talk about it, cause we've talked about it a few times, everything gets clogged because yes. so much just, you know, happened in this interview. Yeah. But that was, I think the biggest thing for me. So one of the things I thought was, so first of all, I did like that when they first started the interview, it was just very clear, like nobody's being paid for this interview. Like this isn't, um, like our MO is not based in access of money or anything like that, but it really is just based on like, we want to share our side of the story. So one of the thing, the first thing that I thought was, or first two things I think that I thought was very interesting is how different um, 
the paparazzi and kind of like the control yes. of the paparazzi is versus here where there really is this like hand in hand like we'll give you good press like you know if you give us whatever and how deeply invested the paparazzi then kind of was in the demise of this image that Megan had and obviously like none of us really know like how she is as a person or anything like that but at least from the public perception she didn't really do anything it was like her mere presence just elicited or evoked like all of these like well she said specifically not to cut you off cammy but she said specifically like just because i'm breathing and when she said that it literally took my breath away like this is only yes. because i'm breathing yes but what was even more telling to me i think and this may be an unpopular opinion, was Harry's kind of um, admission, which I'm happy he was honest, but that his um, learning about things like racism, him advocating for his wife, yes, he was obviously like that's his husband, her husband, like he should be advocating for her, but that his learning about this was contingent on their relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it spoke to me to this level of privilege that I think oftentimes white people have in that, you know, they, it, their learning about these things is truly contingent oftentimes on like their proximity, um, you know, and closeness to people who are black. Right. Um, what I also thought was interesting is this idea that like, she did not Google this family and while I don't think that many, um, not every American, like Black American necessarily may know like the history, like the full history of that specific family, to not know that you were marrying into an entire institution that is built on colonization of, of African heritage, culture, history, all this stuff, to think that because we live and I think at this point this is what like 2016 2017 when you know they started dating and to get like and we're getting married to think that because we live in a day and age where where you know at least here in America like the loving act and things like that were passed I think it speaks to this bigger issue that I think oftentimes interracial couples um the white half of interracial couples don't always embrace which is that just because you are able to do something mm -hmm. that does not mean that mm -hmm. number one, it's accepted or embraced or applauded. It, oftentimes it is just tolerated, but really more importantly that like you don't have work to do, um, especially within your own family right. and like within your own, I mean, cause we all have a learning history yes. and I just don't, I, it like, but her not Googling them, I was like floored. I'm like texting you like, she didn't Google this family. Like, yeah. And I get this idea of like, you want your own, you don't want like the media. Yeah. Yep. Like you don't want the media to necessarily kind of like paint this picture for you, but it's like, to some degree doing research on people, I think, especially because we have the resources to do so in this day and age, it's just like, smart I don't know because in what works so you actually had a really interesting perspective when you were saying about like your spouse and how like yeah. you didn't really know all of him you know what I mean until you started to really learn about his family his friends right. like right so yeah that's that blew me away first of <laughs> all like she and she said 
like I kept rewinding it and again Trevor was like yeah like he was so <laughs> done with me and I think it like took him aback because I'm not invested in this yes. stuff but I just kept rewinding it because she said that she had been lifelong friends with someone in the royal family and what I know right and what I know you know void from my trip you know, to England is that this family is rooted in colonialism, right? Yes. Like I know that, and I'm not even a part of the Commonwealth or even, yes. right? And I knew that. And one of the things that like I was shouting to Trev was like, Trevor and I have a long history of, of, of you know, since we were 17. And I felt like I, I knew him like all of these years. And, you know, we had this rocky relationship and I was always like, I know his heart, I know his heart. And then sometime after we were engaged, um, which was like, you know, I don't know, 15, 17, time gets lost on me. Um, sometime after we were engaged, he was like, I'm going to, his dad was dying of cancer. And so we flew him out and we wanted to like, you know, spend time with him. And I sat and I had known his dad over the years, but never had had any real intimate conversations with him. But after 15 minutes, Cam, of me, sitting with his dad, things started to click about my husband that I, you know, had it put together. And then his sister came over, we were cooking dinner and we were talking about the way that we pack and move. And I was like, we need to buy back boxes to move. And she was like, you don't need to buy boxes. All you need are laundry baskets and you better make trips. And I like, was like, OMG, like, this isn't me, like, banging yes. my head against a wall because I don't understand Trevor. Like, this is a part of his system. Like, this yes. is a part of who he is, right? But all of that came together after these very short conversations. And so that, like, just kept, I, like, paused and I was, like, yelling at Trevor. And I was like, Trevor, like, how do you not know? And this is the royal family. And I yeah. think the other thing that like, because I love Meghan Markle, I, you know, I'd been watching her on Suits and I just thought she was brilliant. And I think she's beautiful. I think, you know, I love her, you know, woman's rights, you know, kind of activism. And I love what she represents. And I just was so like disappointed because even like she was not like recognizing, like, I think the privilege that she holds and even yes. like just understanding, like, I am the first black woman to enter this institution um <clears throat> and I, I don't even know how to I also think it's just so American like this American privilege to not to to be ignorant I think to that capacity and not to like victim blame or shame her because I mean I for the record the family's trash I, I, right. I, I think they're trash right, right. but like to I think only us Americans would kind of have this like and I feel like in granted this is reality tv but like and I haven't watched this season but like I love watching like 90 day fiance because you see this sense of like elitism simply because we're American that mm -hmm. I think does um first of all it's gross to me but besides mm -hmm. that like mm -hmm. I think it 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 kind of affords us this like I don't need to google them like I don't need to research them um, and, and for a nation, our nation that literally thrives off of stripping people's culture away right. and assimilation. It's right. just so interesting, especially her, um, as a, as a black woman, which I also want to state, she does not call herself a black woman. So I, I feel I like maybe I that. shouldn't. Yeah. yeah I feel I just like read that. I need to, she just simply identifies as biracial, which, biracial, biracial, which is her prerogative. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I just kind of, it's interesting to me that she had, I believe, a very Black woman experience um, that to me resonated with me. And for me, it was kind of like, this literally is, is what it's like to have interracial friends to what it's, what it's like to work interracially with people, like what it's like to um, date or be married into interracial families. And that like, you can't present your whole self. You can't like be your whole self without repercussions. And to know that this one drop rule Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. is something that granted it is very hurtful and I don't want to like negate from the fact that like this is absolutely messed up but to know that like that that was kind of the like antecedent to like really be like we've got to get out of here it's so telling I think in that I think we do kind of like we embrace this like hallmark like fairy tale of like you know you you fall in love with somebody like you're gonna love their family they're gonna mm -hmm, love you mm -hmm. you're gonna have these children and and there is though always this reminder that you're black and mm -hmm. I just and even Harry like because uh, I think one of the big things also that was so confusing is they, the whole point of this interview was to, I think, tactfully say how trash this family is mm -hmm. while also being like, but I have so much respect for the queen. I'm sorry, what? Like, but yeah. I have, but like my mom, I think my mom like, you know, left this money cause like she knew and you're like, but you're also saying that like you have so much respect for the queen and this and the other. And it was so confusing to me. And I think what's so interesting about you and me being the ones that are like talking about this is you and Jamie, I think have taught me this art of compartmentalization that I'm still kind of learning and I'm still embracing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like how, for the life of me, I don't know how somebody can compartmentalize something like racism in mm -hmm. that like, this is, this is without a doubt. I mean, literally when she was like talking about the differences between tabloid articles, like about a fucking avocado, avocado. like, like calling her all kinds of absolutely like racist names. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be funny, but like how dark did they think that baby was gonna be? Like, look at her and granted genetics are interesting, but you know what I mean? It's like, I, it, there's just so much. <laughs> there's so much and going back a, a bit about how you were talking about Meghan Markle and how she identifies. I think she's been able to move as a biracial woman and yes. you're right, she has that prerogative. I have a friend who is adamant about being biracial and he's like do not address me as black do not address me as white I am biracial and I hold both of them respectfully and equally and I you know I can understand that um for me I've always identified as black that's not negating you know my mm -hmm. Hispanic culture um even though I was raised by a Hispanic woman everything about me was raised in the black culture and so I've always moved in those spaces but this idea that she I think she was able to move as a biracial woman and so she did have and hold a lot of privilege yes. and then she gets into this family who is Overly. And a light-skinned biracial woman at that. Exactly. The whole colorism thing exactly. is huge. Yeah. And, and I think she hasn't really had, and I don't want to take away, and I think you're right, I don't want to, you said, like, blame the victim, or, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to take away her experiences, but I wonder if she's ever really faced right yes. like because she's had this privilege and she's been able to move in yes. this in these certain spaces and then she gets into this very over like racist 
you know, kind of institution, if you will, family, if you will. And, and then I, I couldn't help but feel, and this is where I want to be challenged. And, yeah. you know, if, if people come in and, and I, I like am so open for this conversation, but then like, well, now I'm being treated as a black woman and yes. that doesn't feel good. Right. And that, so now I'm going to call my black rich ass friend, Oprah. Yes. 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 And like, yes. And say like, this is a whole thing. And, and again, I please, I don't want to like be mistaken, but I like, that's what I've been trying to like work it's bullshit. through. It's like, and I think you're right. Con- and I think it's convenient <laughs> yes. and I think yes. it's convenient. And I think that's like, you know, because you and I have talked and, when we talk about colorism, right? Like one of the things I've had to learn in this past year is the privilege I hold, right? Mm-hmm. And and recognizing that and still being able to work alongside all the communities that I do, but I, I cannot be working in those spaces if I don't identify that I hold privilege, right? Yes. And and yeah. but I've also openly share that people see me as a black woman. I, you yes. know, and that I have been prejudiced against, that I have been stereotyped, that I feel like I have these grievances, but I also realize that I hold privilege and I'm aware of that. And I think for the first time she was feeling the pain of being a black woman and that it was convenient for her to say, oh man, this sucks. And I I think, you know, going back to the point that you made about Harry now it being outraged because it meant something to him. But now that it, I think the same thing happened with Meghan Markle in that yes. now that this affects my son yeah. and his title and the, and the fact that he won't have security. Now I, I you know, I now it. I can conveniently yes. say that this is an issue and that really, and again, like, I don't want to like punish someone for not being woke enough or not learning. We're all learning, but I hate it that it has it's to get telling. to this extreme yes before it was like, oh my gosh, this is an outrage. I agree, all of that. I think the thing that is also so interesting to me is I remember, I don't, I can't remember if this is like when they first started kind of dating and they were like public about it or if it was during their wedding, but the way her mother got ripped to shreds this For very brown, yes, oh this my very gosh. brown black cis woman with dreads, these beautiful locks. The way, and and I'm just like, I think for me whenever people come to me for either advice or feedback or whatever about any kind of racism that they experience um, in interracial relationships, marriages, whatever, and, and I'm, I'm, I feel bad for, for feeling this way, but I'm oftentimes kind of like, well, what did you expect? I almost feel like it's almost like this, uh, you're an anomaly if you mm-hmm. don't experience mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Because, and I think that just speaks to the idea that like, we have to, in my opinion, be more comfortable talking about these things. That's exactly non-contingent right. on trauma, non-contingent on marriages, non-contingent on children, because the, it's it's real. And and to say that it's real also means, and it also includes, in my opinion, that like it's real. I mean, quite literally um, rooted from that specific family, right? <laughs> and it's right. like it's right. I just. <laughs> Like how does how does that like completely miss your and and then this is like you know and you know you see all these memes in this discussion you know post interview about like well the princess you know didn't live happily ever or whatever it is yeah. and it's like 
but I think she was lost in that, yeah. in that stereotype of like, oh, I'm marrying a prince and this is going to be like amazing. And, yes. she, you know, and I'm like, you have to take some responsibility. And I think yes. I wanted her to take some responsibility for saying like, I, I was completely oblivious to this yes. and that's okay. And I think I would have felt a little bit more like, okay, now where, you know, yes. you just, again, it's that privilege. And I think this is like, you know, when we hear like white people talking about, or even like, you know, people outside of, you know, the LGBTQIA2 plus, you know, community saying, well, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And I think that like, those are trigger words for me personally. And that it's like, okay, but, but where do you start to take accountability for what you don't know, right? Like you can't just be completely oblivious to the things around you. And I think her yes. kind of saying, well, I just didn't know speeds into that, that stereotype and perpetuates, you know, this idea that like, we can't do better as a society because I just didn't know any better. Right. Well, And, and that's, that's why I've always pushed against this, like quote of like ignorance is bliss. Like, actually, I, I don't agree. I mean, to some degree, sure. Like when you're ignorant of things, you are, I think, kind of able to maybe like stay in this bubble. Um, but it's just, it's not, it's, I, I just, I, and it, it, and again, like it makes me sad in that, like I do. And then even bigger to me is how Harry is now getting all of this clout. Um, from from us inviting him to the cookout which not me you know I don't do that um from white people who are you know just so like oh Harry like you're such a good husband and it's like I just really want to be very clear he is her husband they are mm -hmm. married he did not do anything that he yes. shouldn't have done off of the fact that they're married alone yes in fact he was reactionary instead of working again, yeah, like right. there were no antecedent interventions taken <laughs> like, Absolutely. to protect her at Absol all. And a part of what, like when I was screaming at the TV, so like ferociously that <laughs> the reason why I like wanted you to like, I was like, Cammy, that actually came up. Like I was watching him and, um, because I don't know, it must've like aired earlier because I was, it didn't come on for me until eight o'clock that night. So I'd been watching memes about it. So I was like eagerly like, oh my gosh, I got to see what's going on. And I had taped it. I, I had planned to watch it. Um, but I like, I just kept saying like, you can't praise a fish for swimming. And that I was like, that's such a cami, like, I don't know how to say it, colloquialism. <laughs> but I was like, like, he's supposed to do this. Like yes. he's supposed to like protect her. He's supposed to and not reactively, like he yes. should have been proactive. She should have been proactive yes. and been like, I, I don't want to like cause blame. And I don't want to like say that I have all the answers to figure out how this could have been avoided. But I just feel like there was a grave, like, you know, injustice. There's yes. a grave and, and a part of that they hold responsibility for. And I think without recognizing that, then this is how we perpetuate Mm -hmm. these issues that come up when it comes to colorism and racism and systematic oppression and, yeah. you know, this colonialism. And it, so, yeah. So one of the things I was super ignorant to 
is this idea of like, because again, I don't know if in, and I don't think in America it's necessarily this way. It's this idea of like being a working royal. Like yes. to me in my American brain, those are almost like contradictory, right? Yep. And, and, and granted, I think even now, like when we see like the, the millionaires and the billionaires um, in, the, in the country, in this country, obviously there is this idea and there is this like reality that they do work, but not to the degree of like, excuse me, not to this degree of like being like a working people, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. cap- our capitalism tends to kind of feed into like all of their streams of income and which in my, like probably just maintains like mm-hmm. their wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was also, so what I loved about Megan and what I love about her is that she's like, I, I'm fine with working. Like I, in fact, mm-hmm. I want to work. Mm-hmm. Like I had a job mm-hmm. before this. Mm-hmm. and I was a whole woman before, yes, I, like, before this. Um, but that's something I was so ignorant about. Like I didn't know. And, and I think I knew to some degree that like showing up to parties and like taking pictures and like different tours that like, yes, like that was work. Um, but I don't know if I realized it was work to the degree of like what it really was. You know what I mean? Like I was so like responsibility. Yeah. And I think the thing that stood out for me, because one of the things I learned and I don't, know how accurate my memory is from the information that I obtained from that tour, but that the Royal family doesn't really own everything that they have, that it belongs to the Commonwealth. And so they're kind of in in debt. debt, Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess I understand that like even with billionaires and millionaires in America that, you know, a lot of it is credit and a lot of it is like, so I I can kind of vaguely understand that concept, but what like I was baffled about was this idea that they had different like roles and different levels of like working in the Royal family. Um, and that, you know, the, like, again, losing my mind when they were like, well, if you want security for you or your, you know, black son, Archie, um, you, ha- you can go back to work when I understood that they didn't want her to work, that she had to give up, like she was working on suits. And when they got engaged, I remember reading that they had asked her to stop working. Um, can you imagine that you're on this show that is successful? you like, you love what you do. Um, that is a part of your autonomy, which even that, like, that's a whole different conversation about like, like, I literally want to do a future episode um, with with married couples about this idea of like marriage means giving up your autonomy. Yes, that's a whole different that would be a good thing. One. Yes. yes. Um, so this is like my plug or my, not my plug. This is my man. Like, I have to drop this hint, like ask Trev if he'll be on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, will. Can you imagine though, like you're at like possibly like the pinnacle of your career. So like, even when she was saying like, what people don't understand is like you, you enter into this, this, um, institution. I do not have my keys. I do not have like my My license. I don't have my life like, and, and, and one of the things so it's like, it, it, I, I can empathize with this idea of like feeling trapped, but, but it's like, also kind of like Mark, I think we were talking to Marlisha and Marlisha was the one that was like, I can't get down with this whole like Harry to some degree feeling trapped. And, and even that where it's like, I struggle with that idea because yes, I do think we are all enslaved to something that we may not even know about, but it's like, you're Harry, like you're freaking Prince Harry. Like, yes, you 
obviously are trapped. Like, and I can totally get that. Obviously I'm not some kind of royal, but I can empathize, especially being like a preacher's kid. When my dad at, at the churches that my dad pastored, there was this sense of, of like, I have to act the part in relation to my father's role. Um, but I remember actively choosing to not do that. Like I remember yeah. act like, but that's also a privilege, right? Like it was a privilege, a privilege that I had to be like, I'm not doing that. Like I'm going to yeah. get whatever tattoos I want. I, like, you know, whatever it was. I don't know. Like I just well, struggle with this. And you know, something I had thought about this, you know, it takes me a long time. I, I take in information. I have to prof process it. And you know, Marlisha's comment about that. I understood it immediately when he said it. Like I, mm. I, I, you know, I won't go into what I thought about Oprah's reaction or any of that <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to, don't come at me like um, when it comes to Oprah, but like, I, I had to think about it. And one of the things that came up for me was that I understand that he was trapped and I felt like, again, this like idea of convenience that yeah. now the only way for me to get out of this is to, is to yell racism. And I'm not saying that there wasn't racism, Man. but that like being able to like, you know, like all his life. And I don't doubt that he was trapped. I mean, I've been reading about him for years and watching them grow up just like everyone else. And he seemed miserable, you know, yeah. and I think I always attributed that to him losing his mom at such a young age, which I can't even imagine, but yeah. he's always, you know, he's always been considered like the bad boy and yes. he was always kind of far reaching with the woman that he was dating and the things yeah. that he was doing and even pushing boundaries. And so I remember clearly watching him, you know, grow up over the years, but then for him to actually, the only way that he could escape is because he married a black woman and now yeah. they're like yelling racism this. and that was, and that was the straw like that just. And then the it, cherry on top that Tyler fucking Perry was the one oh, that G. was like, you know what? And like, come here, have my security. And even that, like, I think, and I think this is, I think we as black people, we're always saving people, whether it's our own people, whether it's other people, like we're always saving Reaching people. Reaching back. And yes. Like, yep. And it's like, without any kind of and first of all, I imagine that Tyler Perry did not do this for clout. I imagine that he did not do this for no, any we're kind just of attention. Caring about it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But even that where it's like without any kind of recognition, without any kind of whatever, like I like I just I feel like we as a people, we're always doing this though. Yeah. Like we are always, always, always saving people, helping people yep. that simply would not do that and do not do that for us right and, and it, there's just so much like sadness in that for me yeah and that I, like because you're just like uh, <laughs> like where first of all like where are your white friends and like why can't they help y'all but second of all like again kind of going back to what you were saying there is this sense of when white people call racism when light-skinned Black people call racism or biracial people call racism, it works. Mm -hmm. And by it works, it gets reinforced and action right. is taken. Right. I think I was telling you, um, I, I experienced that at work where um, I was asked to um, help out on this case because this family was saying that, you know, one of the places, um, you know, where their, where their child was getting services was being racist. And 
the family that was saying this were two white parents who adopted this black kid. And I'm like, only when white people yes. say yes. that racism is happening, does it actually get reinforced? Yes. And I just, I can't, like, I yeah. literally, I'm, I'm like, I'm over it. Like, I'm, and, and I think for me, I have to be careful though, to again, not allow my feelings about that Mm-hmm. again go into this like victim blaming mm-hmm. or victim shaming mm-hmm. of her mm-hmm. but I'm just like is this a fucking joke like even your white father was working with the paparazzi over right. there right and and we're and, and somehow we're like just brushing over that in the interview right <laughs> like, exactly not, well and I think I can understand that because he's passed and I think yeah. right like I can kind of respect that but that was a whole thing cammy like yes. even like you know as a like bystander watching it like i was like this is nuts like yes. her white father kind of causing this like uproar uproar, like uproar. Yeah. <laughs> like, like literally acting a fool yes. like it's it's completely like asinine to me another thing that you had brought up like with the whole tyler perry thing and i meant to say this earlier um when we're talking about money and kind of how we view it like you know trev was like you know listening to bits and pieces and he was just like i don't understand if you're working Mm -hmm. right and i imagine that maybe they're not making millions and that their salary isn't because i understand that the wealth is a little bit different out there you know because I don't know, like Commonwealth owns most of everything. Mm-hmm. But if you're working in these positions and they were considered senior like level staff, senior royal level staff, I don't know the exact title, but like, where was the money that you were making? Like, yes. it, it, like, was it just enough to live off of? And like the palace was paying for everything else? Like, and I couldn't yeah. understand how you were left with nothing except an inheritance, which you had touched on earlier. Like, I think Diana knew that, you know, that her boys needed, you know, some protection, Mm -hmm. but why was that the only money you were left with? If you were, have been working all this time, she had a position like where, and not that I'm in even like Megan's money before that, I kind of wonder too, like, did she have access to like any of her money? Like, you know, like from her career. And That's I, actually maybe, a good question. I didn't even think about that. Well, of course, Trevor, you know, money man, business <laughs> owner. He's just like, I don't understand like what they're living on. And, yeah. and then maybe like all of their savings, because it may not have been a lot, which I guess I can understand, right? If I yeah. like stretch my imagination far enough, but maybe that wasn't enough to cover security because I understand that can be, you know, really expensive. Mm, yeah. But like that, that you're left that you're left with nothing except an inheritance that you're just now like having to tap into. Like yeah. that just didn't make sense to me at all. I, I, yeah. I there's when I tell you I left that interview. Nothing surprised me, but I just think I was like so confused. Like I was just Mm -hmm. literally confused on like, how did we get here? Like, and, and how, again, like this overall feeling of like, how didn't y'all see this coming? Um, and what I will tell you is privilege. Yes. What I will tell you is too, like, you know, with like the algorithms in our phone and our phones are listening to everything we're doing. I keep on seeing on my feeds, all of these interviews. Now the resurfacing of these interviews with princess Diana And I think to me, it just sends these like chills up my spine of like, there, there is there, what makes, and it just kind of makes me sad in that, like, 
that family will be just fine after this. Like yes. that, like, and that's what's interesting in that, like in America, the racism um, claims worked in that it works to some degree. Like, do mm-hmm. I think that they were doing it like for, for, do I think that they were like lying or anything like that? No, no. It, I think it definitely did work and kind of like shifting. It was convenient. Yeah, this yeah. like narrative. Um, but the reality is, is that because racism is a white problem, because racism is a problem that, I mean, quite literally, if you just look back in history, that, that family absolutely um not only contributed to but I mean like damn near like founded um I was gonna say the definition <laughs> of racism right you like, know what I you mean look in the dictionary you're going to see the, the royal family right yes like I just that family is going to be just fine and has been just fine um after this claim and I think for me like that's what's sad and and that that is something that I think generalizes across most claims of racism like literally a few days ago or maybe it was yesterday I don't know if you saw the basketball announcer who um like said something the n-word yeah he said the n-word on the mic that you know he and he blamed it on his his diabetes I yes he still has a job like and it's just like there is there is no consequence to this you know what I mean and it's just it's so sad but I am happy that that they had the platform to in this very weird, I think almost pointless, vague way, kind of share their truth. I'm happy that they have the privilege, especially with their kids, to kind of protect them and to mm-hmm. raise them, hopefully in in a in a world um, that hopefully makes them both more realistic to the yeah. fact that like this is something that like this isn't stopping. Yeah. Um, I'm not holding my breath on that either, though. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if if they'll stay as I don't know, blissfully ignorant as they were before, but yeah, I think another part of that, like, you know, as we're like wrapping up is this idea that Meghan Markle was so, um, impacted by the system and the institution that she found herself trapped in, um, and not having access to mental health, like resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I still like, I, I you know, I think I'm going to follow them and I, I, I still want them to be protected. I want their babies to be protected and I want resolution, you know, with the family. And, you know, I, I understand that all that's rift. Um, but you know, uh, not more than, but I think another big, thing for me was listening to Meghan Markle really struggle with how she dealt with everything and not accessing, not being able to access resources. And that, you know, I thought was like symbiotic of like what we go through in in America, right? Like when we're going through something and we're still expected to show up, I think, especially as black women, you know, I'm working on my dissertation where I talk about this, like Mm -hmm. we have to wear this black woman cape, the superwoman cape, and we're still expected to show up, you know, in that story, like I was sobbing, listening to her talk about that evening where I think she'd had a conversation, like I'm suicidal. I'm having these suicidal thoughts. Um, And she's like, and I was white knuckling it literally like the lights are about to come on, like paint your face. And I like resonated with that on so many levels because you know, and I, I know we've talked about this, Cam, 
like so much of my life has been like, I've got to keep going, you know, and we talk about this idea of like privilege and like, you know, people saying like, well, just do it. And and what do you have to lose? And just, and it's like, I have so much to lose. Like if I don't show up and like go to work, you know, as a single parent and, you know, put this face on and like put this mask on so that I can please, you know, these white people that I'm working for, then I can't feed my daughter or my brother. And I can't like paint, you know, and it's like, that whole idea and then her not having like any resources them saying like too bad so sad and then even her going and saying i'll take a lesser position like i still want to serve this family i'm still loyal to you right like i thought was so telling of how we have to move as black women in america just to ensure that we're okay like just to ensure when i'm watching other people like, you know, call out because, you know, they're hungover, which I'm not like knocking, but then I'm like literally on the verge of like a breakdown, but I still got to show up because there is no one else. I don't have a family I can lean on. I don't have. And I think that was such a big, you know, people are like mental health, mental health, but I'm like, how do we stop perpetuating that we still have to move and show up and perform um, under these circumstances and not have a right to take care of ourselves or advocate for ourselves when it comes to like mental health, right? Like that was just, and I still like, you know, what sticks out for me now is like that thought and that I hope that she's healing and I hope that Mm -hmm. he's healing because he hinted that he had, you know, some, some mental health issues during that time too. And so my overall like hope is that they're healing and that they can move on and that they can make amends with their family if it's appropriate. Um, you know, if it's, you know, advantageous to both parties, but yeah, that was another big piece for me that, that I felt like needed, you know, more thorough discussion that I needed to unpack. Because it's, it's, it's this idea of, of what do you do? Like, what do you choose between like losing your mind or losing the the resources that you right. may have right um and it definitely is a privilege to be able even if it's just a mental health day like it's a, right. it's a privilege to be able to take them but I think what I, I want people to understand I think especially about the black experience is that there are so many barriers not only to like physically being able to take that those resources if mm-hmm. they're even available um but also even this feeling that we deserve them that right. we don't have to work to earn, like these are contingent on something right. for us exactly and it's 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 very deep and and again to know that for them to be royals and to mm-hmm. have those barriers you can kind of I think only kind of imagine what those barriers are mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. us just common people um so yeah well first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like, I'm not kidding. I guarantee after we finish this recording, we're going to be like texting each other. Like, and then, because like, I'm, I'm There's so invested. So much. Yes. And even like, you know, we can talk, I mean, we've been talking about this for hours at this point. Um, we have like tons of group chats with different yes. people and it's like, and then, and then, and then. But that, like, and I just keep ending every like conversation with, it's just so much to unpack yes, and like yes. work through and process. And so thank you. I know you were like, nope, I'm not interested. Like, you know, <laughs> F them Royals. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, Cam. But like, come You're on. Like, like, but I, you gotta I hear like, this. I need to unpack this. And my husband is just like, F them Royals. Like they don't put money in my pocket. Like, why are you acting a fool like this? And but I, I needed to unpack it because like, 
I just, I, I needed to kind of process some of this and like, it just, it was so much and, you know, and so thank you for, um, I know you had to do a bit of a response effort to find it and to like, you know, no, watch but it, it was so worth it. Like it Good. was so, I mean, because I mean, again, like it, it was, it's so telling, I think of, of um, a lot of our experiences as black women, um, black Americans, mm-hmm. um, people who, you know, have been impacted by interracial relationships and interracial love and dating and races. Like, it's just, it's, it's a lot much it's a lot so yeah well thank you so much I will be respectful of your time I know you have an appointment soon so thank you so 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 much please tell Trevor I would love for him (laughs) to be on the show because I want to talk about all the things and yeah we'll be right back All right, y'all, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me on Love, Sex, and Applied Behavior Analysis, the podcast where pop culture and ABA meet. Bye.